you are this morning, Lord Jesus Christ. We give you honor and power. And we do. We declare the name of Jesus. Come on. We declare the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give God a hand clap in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Give my hand clap. Phenomenal job this morning. You may be seated. We're going to go get it this morning. As I have challenged you, I want you to stay hungry for the things of God. We have not been going through the book of Acts because we are just doing it to be doing it. We're going through the book of Acts because we are creating expectation that God is going to move and that something awesome is going to happen. Everybody said. Amen. Something awesome is about to happen in this place. If you have not been sensing it, something is building in the house. It's called expectation, and the glory of God is coming. Amen. Pentecost is what we're talking about today. We started off talking about the promise. Then we went on to the commissioning. Pastor Kurt has done a great job with that, and last week he talked about prep time. And then we got that awesome duet between James and Pastor Kelly last week. Come on now. James, you've been holding out on me, brother. You've been holding out on me, man. Had me singing that song all week. He can never fail. Great job. Today we're talking about Pentecost. And the message is entitled Pentecost. Let the fire fall. Everybody say, let the fire fall. Say, let the fire fall. I want to define Pentecost for you this morning. We could go at this several different ways, so I want to make sure that we are all on the same page. Pentecost, this morning, we will simply define it as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the 120 followers of Christ while waiting in Jerusalem, what we call the upper room. I will not go into all the details of the holidays and festivals and all those things like that. I want to get us to the upper room this morning. So when I talk of Pentecost, I'm talking about the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon 120 believers who walk out of that place ignited and on fire for God and the things of God. The connection between the book of Luke and Acts, Pastor Kurt told us a little bit about this. There's Acts, Luke writes the book of Acts, and Luke writes the gospel of Luke as well. They are books, they are sequels, they are one. He writes one right after another, but as they are in Scripture, they are separated. But I want to pinpoint this because unlike the other Gospels, the other Gospels focus on the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Luke does something just a little bit different. Luke focuses on the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension, the ascension of Christ, meaning this, and that word simply means this. It means the act of rising to an important position or a higher level. So Christ was telling us that I must descend, I must do something important, I must go to the position to the Father's right hand so that you will rise to a higher level. God's saying time to rise to a higher level, children. Luke goes on into the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and he begins to write about the book of Acts and then he talks about the Acts. He wrote about the act that started the act. In other words, the book never ended. How could it? There are still believers alive today. 
And there are still believers anointed by God today. And if that is the case, then the acts should continue. The act that started the acts, we should have acts happening in our lives as well. You might be confused and say, Brian, how is the book of Luke even tied to Pentecost? And here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand that the fires of Pentecost were building long before Acts chapter 2. The fires fell in Acts chapter 2. The fires started and began falling long before that point in time. You see, God had a plan. And all throughout Scripture, God was throwing wood on the fire pile known as Pentecost. That fire started with the birth of Christ fire started. It went in that fire, that was more firewood at the baptism of Christ. There was more firewood tapped, thrown on the pile of Pentecost at the storm when Christ spoke to the storm and said, peace be still. And people started saying, who is this man who has this type of authority? There was more wood tossed on the fires of Pentecost when Christ started walking on water. There was more on the pile when he said, hey, I challenge you to love one another. There was more when he said, I challenge you to stop judging one another. There was more when he started feeding the 5,000 and he created the miracle. All of it was just firewood being tossed on the pile of Pentecost. Christ knew exactly what he was doing. When he was beaten, he carried his cross. And even the wood from the cross was just firewood that would light, the, light and ignite what was going to happen at Pentecost. Remember that Christ said, if any man follows me, he must pick up his cross. In other words, we too can pick up the cross and use it as firewood for the Pentecost that God wants to use in our lives. Imagine that, the cross was God using fire to start Pentecost. I'm telling you that the wood in your life, the things that God has challenged you to carry, the things that God has challenged you to do, something should be igniting inside of you. Jesus was saying that the cross is not just my place, that I will say that it is finished. He was saying that it is my place, that I will fuel what I came to start. Right here, right now. Pentecost is about to start. The fire was building before it fell. That's why Jesus says, greater is he that is in you that is in the world. And then he tells us this, you shall do greater things. The moment that Jesus was carrying, he was not just carrying the cross, he was gathering firewood for what would come. Oh, that makes you see the cross a little bit different. Oh, I love it. It makes you see the cross a little bit different. Oh, this is just firewood. I'm going to set somebody free with it. You're going to nail me to it, and I'm going to set somebody free with it. You're going to nail me to it, and I'm going to release it and ignite a fire on the day of Pentecost that's going to spread throughout the world. You call it what you want. You call it my suffering. Christ says, this is my fuel that I'm going to use in the fire to ignite what will happen at Pentecost. So we, so we start at the moment where Christ is carrying the cross. The moment Jesus is carrying or gathering firewood that will ignite Pentecost, 
His entire ministry was about gathering firewood for the day he would ignite his followers to touch the world. Fire and firewood was simply material that was gathered for few, and that's what the cross was. I wonder, as I think about the cross, I wonder if the Roman soldiers or if the enemy knew that that wooden cross would be, that they made carry Jesus carry, that that wooden cross would be used for few. I wonder if they would have chosen a different way to deal with the Savior of the world. Jesus used what they gave him to change the world. And the question is this for us. Are we using what God has given us to change the world? God requires fire, and fire sets people free. I want you to understand something that the power of God is real. The miracles that we talked about this morning are real. And the doctor, Luke, Luke was a doctor. And here's the power of him writing the book of Acts. A doctor would more than likely try to explain a miracle away. They're very logical people. I'm married to a doctor, I can tell you this. You have to be very specific. Now, it doesn't mean my wife does not believe in miracles. But it does tell me this about my wife. When she said, I saw a miracle today, I know she saw a miracle today. And she will tell you when she's seen a miracle. Dr. Luke writes the book of Acts, telling us about all the miracles that he has seen. In Acts chapter 2, take us there, Joey, if you would. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. I'm going to read the NIV version of this. It simply says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one accord or one place. Let me stop right there. Stop. Hammer time. Yes, hammer time. This is where we go to work right here. They were all together in one, one place, one accord. Let me talk to you about the word accord. This word simply means this. It means one passion and one harmony. Now, let me help you understand that. that. That's not that deep, but let me help you understand it. What this is telling us is this. It is musical terms. When we hear the things up here during worship and the beauty that comes from that worship, God says, this is what should happen amongst our lives. Music. And what that will require is this. One accord takes the thought one step further. It means without schisms. It means without division. It means with maturity. Drop the kid stuff. It means without judging the person next to you. Now notice something. We're talking about Pentecost, but I'm telling you about everyday behaviors. In other words, God says part of fire falling has to do with how we treat one another. Oh, that's good. That's good. I don't care if you clap. It's good. I, I don't even care. It's good, nephew. It's just good stuff. I don't care. How can we expect fire to fall? God even said it. Jesus even said it. He says, how can you say you love me and you don't even love your brother? You see him. You see them. You don't see me. So it's one thing to say, God, let fire fall. Man, I hate that lady over there. Man, I hate that guy over there. 
Fire ain't falling on that. Fire gonna fall on that at your home in your prayer closet and say, get yourself together. Our behaviors are, are tied to Pentecost. Our behaviors are tied to fire falling. In other words, learn how to get along, learn how to fight for one another. You saw Pastor Naomi up here today, tears coming out. She, that's, that's her heart. She's fighting for a family. She believes she loves those families, and we all do, but that's the heart of Saginaw first. He says, one accord, one place, and then it says, and suddenly a sound. Stop that, suddenly, stop, have time. <laughs> suddenly it says this, suddenly. It will be the sudden moment. That will change your life. The sudden moments. Suddenly, and suddenly has a sound. Suddenly has a sound. That word sound there is a Greek word, echos. It's where we get our word echo, 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 echo. Suddenly there was an echo. And what is the sound of heaven? It is the sound of heaven touching earth that brings about change. The sound of heaven, the Bible talks about it in Revelations, and it says that the angels were singing, holy, 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 as they flapped their wings. Holy, 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 as they flapped their wings. Holy, holy, holy. They're echoing, echoing, echoing. There is a sound that comes from heaven and it touches earth. I believe we heard that sound this morning in our place of worship. The scripture goes on and says, like the blowing of a violent wind that came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest. Stop, hammer time. That word rest, it means this. It's the Greek word kathuzo, kathuzo. And here's what it means. It's a beautiful word. It means to bestow a kingdom. Bestow a kingdom. Now think about this. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to bestow a kingdom. In other words, God has come to establish his kingdom. Jesus said this all throughout Scripture. He said the kingdom of God has come near. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. He says, I desire, the fire Father desires to give you the keys to the, don't say car. It's kind of like the car. He desires to give you the keys to the kingdom. And it says it came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, and the Spirit enabled them. They began to speak in other tongues. It happened to me. Yeah, y'all are going, what happened to him? It happened to me on this church grounds. If I remember correctly, in the parking lot, sitting in my citation, my teal blue citation, had some worship music on, sitting in the back of that parking lot, uh, Jim, and the Spirit of God met me in that teal blue citation. I walked out of youth service. They asked me if I wanted to go eat. I said, not tonight, because I wanted to meet with Jesus. So I sat in the back of the parking lot in my car, 
Had my little tape recorder, I pushed play because my radio didn't work. I had, to, I had a jam box in the car. Man, batteries is expensive, Michelle. Them batteries, the big batteries, yeah, the big, like the size of my fist back there. I think they were like double Z or something like that. Batteries, you put them in there. You can only afford one, one, one battery, okay? And I pushed my, record, my play button there, listening to worship music. And at the time, it was commissioned. Some of y'all don't know nothing about that. You know about that, James, right? Yeah. And the Spirit of God came on me in the parking lot in a citation. And I began to pray in the Spirit. And I remember the experience. Because I found myself in that parking lot for a while having an experience with God. There are four things we need to do according to that passage of Scripture in order to, in order to capture the fire of Pentecost. I'm going to give them to you right now. I'm just going to throw them at you. Write them down. Here you go. Stop, look, listen, and respond. Stop, look, listen, and respond. And all throughout Scripture, when you see the suddenly moments, this is what happened. People stopped. They looked at what God was doing. They listened for the sound of heaven, the echoing of heaven. And then, Andrew, they responded. Now, how you respond is very important. We'll talk about that. How you respond is very important. Why should you be filled with the Spirit? Why should you even care about Pentecost and, and what happened there? Jesus said that you shall receive power. You shall receive, the Greek word is dunamis. It's our word for dynamite. You shall receive dynamite. You shall become dynamite. You shall become explosive. You shall change situations and be witnesses for me to live out the truth and to share the truth. Here's the truth about you, man and woman of God. You are anointed. You are called of God. Whether you're down here on the floor in the bleacher, I'm talking to you. You are anointed. You are called of God. You are a beautiful manifestation of the mind of God and in the, the heart of God. That God, when he made you, he made you the crown of his creation. And when he put you in the face of the earth and he birthed you through your mother's womb, he birthed you because he had a purpose for you and you were part of his plan for fire coming to the earth. You were part of his plan for Pentecost moments coming to the earth. You are literally walking tongues of fire, filling rooms. You are fire. So often, Pastor Naomi, we're waiting for tongues of fire to just start floating through the air. We're waiting for it. And it might. I'm all for it. Let's do it. But I love the thought that when I walk into a room, here comes tongues of fire. Here comes fire. You are tongues of fire filling rooms. You are fire. You are Pentecost. God using you to release the anointing of God in places and chains breaking off as the song we sang this morning. You are. I got filled. I went home. I was so excited about Jesus. I went home and here's what I said to my mama. I said, mama, I gave my life to Jesus. You should too or you going to hell. True story. Now, some of y'all know my mama. 
True story. Went home and told her she was going to hell. I was excited about Jesus. But let me tell you this. How many of you know that's probably not a good way to tell your mama about Jesus? It's not, it's not. See, what had happened was, uh, James, what had happened was, this was, that was before she slapped me, okay? True story, because my mama said, what did you say? I said, yeah, you should give your life to Jesus or you're going to hell. And she said, come here, boy. And when my mama does this, come here, boy, that means you're getting slapped, okay? That, that's what that means. And you come. I came like this. Oh, boy, here we go. Here's what I want to tell you. When you get filled, God did not give you the spirit to bring about pain or hurt or to destroy people. I was unwise by how I went about what I said to my mother. Thank God she gave me grace. And thank God my mother still came to know Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Power with fruit is always the best, is what I learned. You have to have some fruit behind your power. I don't want your gift, and this is what most people think. Most people are thinking, I don't want your spiritual gift if you don't have any fruit. If you don't really love me, I'm not interested in your gift. If you're not sincerely concerned about whether or not my family has food on the table and we're hungry, I don't, I'm not interested in your gift. If you're not concerned that I don't have a winter coat in the middle of the winter, then, then I'm not interested in your gift. I need you to use that power that God has given you to run up to the store to get me and my kids some coats, if you can, or make a phone call, or, 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 or give me a scarf or something, or if you got some money to give me some food, or if you can make me a sandwich. What I'm telling you is sometimes the most spiritual, most powerful thing you can do is feed 5,000 with what you got. That, too, is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. We have heard these things. Fruit that is not seen never gets eaten. Even at my house, my kids do the same thing. My wife puts the fruit in the refrigerator. I go, what? I grab the fruit, put it back out in front of the kids. She likes to put it in the refrigerator. I go, I, I like my apples hot. Take an apple, stick that in the microwave, 10 seconds, you got apple pie. Rosie, that's what you got. And here's what I do. I, I, have, I have watched this. I've literally done this. They don't know it. I've taken the fruit and put it in the refrigerator. And I watch my kids not eat it. It'll rot. And then we're throwing it out. Then I'll take it and I'll put it in a bowl. I'll put it in front of them. And because they see it, they eat it. What do you think people do in our lives? When they see our fruit, they eat that fruit. They are more acceptable of the fire that comes from you. You get it? Pentecost power with, the, with the, 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 the favor of God and also the gentleness of God. Here's how I want to begin to wrap things up here this morning. I was with a young lady. Her name was Martha Hall. I was living, we were living in Detroit at the time. Martha Hall was a sweetheart of a lady. She uh, attended the church we attended at the time, uh, Bethel Assembly of God. 
and we were on staff there for a number of years while my wife was in medical school. And Martha was just this dear lady, but Martha got really sick. And she ended up with a disease. They found out she had a disease that maybe only seven people, it was like seven people in the world had this disease, literally. And her body did not make energy at all. And so it was very, she lived a very difficult life. One day her mother called me and said, Martha's dying. And she said, would you come to the house and pray for her? I went to the house to pray for Martha. She was our friend. We loved her dearly. And when I got there, honestly, it was very awkward because I was there and my friend was passing away. And as I was sitting there, I prayed with her and her mother, and it got awkward. And I said, okay, I pray, you, you guys, I, I'm going to take off now. And as I was headed to the door, I heard the Lord said, where are you going? I said, I'm, I'm leaving. This is the part you do. Go back. Do not leave her the way you found her. Do not leave her the way you found her. Pentecost. We have a part. I turned around. I said, God, what do you want me to do? True story. I went to her mom, Dorothy was her name. I said, Dorothy, we got nothing left here. I said, she's either going to pass away here or God's going to do a miracle. I said, can I pick Martha up? She said, feel free. I picked her up in my arms. I picked Martha up in my arms. Martha was probably 50, 50 years old. I picked Martha up in my arms. I'm walking around the house, and I begin to worship. I said, Dorothy, let's just worship. We begin to sing that sound of heaven. Holy, holy, holy. Calling on Pentecost, God. Holy, holy, holy. I'm in the upper room, God. Holy, holy, holy. You said fire would fall, God. And all of a sudden, as I'm walking towards the kitchen, kitchen with Martha in my arms, I see heat that looks like it's coming off the road on a hot day coming out of her kitchen. I'm thinking she must have left her stove on. It comes out of the kitchen and rolls into the living room. True story. It comes at us. I got to be honest with you. I'm freaking out. My first thought was drop Martha and run. I'm going to write a book about it. Want to hear it? Here it go. Drop Martha in one. The book of Acts, we lived. When, when, when the wave came towards us, I was holding Martha. And literally, when it hit us, I still remember to this day, it was like total peace just said, shh. I had to catch my breath when it went past me. And when I did it, Martha did it. And when she did it, she jumped out of my arms. And she took off running. True story. She took off running 
through her home screaming the praises of God. And all of a sudden, she started echoing the sound of heaven. Holy, 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 holy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Martha, you lived years later. She lived many years later after that. Martha started a ministry called Four Angels. And Martha would take her dogs to nursing homes. And one day, Martha walked into a nursing home with her German shepherd. And that German shepherd literally walked up. She was at a hospital this time. The German shepherd walked into a room, licked a person who was, un uh, or they were unconscious, licked them, and they woke up. And Martha looked at me and said, that's why God let me live. I was supposed to be here to see that. She was tongues of fire walking into a room. God gives us responsibility. My football coach would always ask me in college, Pruitt, are you ready yet? And he didn't know Jesus. But what I realized was he was asking me, is the anointing of God here yet? And when he discovered that that anointing was there, and I would say, Coach, it's here. He'd go, you're going to get the ball about 20 times right now. <laughs> Tongues of fire walking into a room. Pastor Kelly, if you would come. Last scripture. In the book of Luke, there was a young man found there by the name of Simon of Cyrene. And in that piece of, that passage of scripture where you, we just read about the Holy Spirit falling, if you read further down, for time's sake we won't, let me tell you the story. If you read further down, it will tell you the people who were there that day. It'll say all the people of different nationalities and cultures and backgrounds that were there who heard them get baptized in the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak in tongues and they begin to speak in the native languages of the people who were around them and they weren't sure how they even knew their languages. One of the statements it will make is it will literally say, and there were people from Cyrene out there. Now, if I could hit the rewind button and take you back from that passage of Scripture where it says, and there were people from Cyrene, they're wondering how those disciples were speaking their language. <laughs> take you all the way back. Remember when I said it started in Luke? There's a man by the name of Simon of Cyrene, and I just told you in Acts, when you go down a little bit further, it says that there were people from Cyrene, from Africa there. There were people from all over the world there during that day. But let me tell you quickly about Simon of Cyrene. If you don't remember him, he's the man who when Christ fell with his cross, when he fell with his firewood, and he couldn't carry it anymore, the Roman soldier said, hey, you, pick up his cross and carry it for him. And so Simon of Cyrene grabbed the cross of Christ and little did he know it was going to be firewood for the place that theologians say that Simon of Cyrene would end up at Pentecost. He saw not only the crucifixion of Christ, he also experienced the fire fall at Pentecost. And what I'm telling you is this, is that your experience at the cross
should also lead you to your Pentecost moment. Stand to your feet. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, maybe you're here this morning, you say, Brian, I don't even know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I want to know him as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, this morning, then that's your Pentecost moment. Salvation. It's your opportunity to pick up the cross and follow Jesus. Is there anybody this morning you say, Brian, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Just wave at me right where you're at. You say, Brian, that's me. I need Jesus. I need a Savior. I'm ready to make that commitment to God this morning. Praise God. Second question is this. You're here this morning. You say, Brian, I need a refilling. I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I need God to just fill me. Maybe you're already baptizing the Holy Spirit, but you need a refilling. We're going to give you a little bit of that now, and we're going to give you a whole lot of it tonight. So you're going to need to be back in this place tonight. If that's you, wave your hand at me. I need a refilling. I need a refilling. I need a refilling. Father God, right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, every hand raised, that means that refilling. Right now in the name of Jesus Christ, God, we pray and we release those tongues of fire in this place in the name of Jesus. Not only do we wait on tongues of fire, we believe that we are tongues of fire, God. There are those here who are making decisions for Christ today. I pray that they would receive you, Lord God, that they would serve you all the days of their life, Lord God. God, that they would make you king of their heart, Lord of their, Lord of their destiny, Lord. Lord Jesus Christ and those who have raised their hands to be filled with your spirit in this place today or refill God I pray God that you would come on your fountain from heaven Lord God that you would pour out your spirit even now Lord God touch and heal right now God as we sing this song before we close this service out in the name of Jesus Christ Thank you. 
Thank you.